It felt a bit odd, as the forest was a day skin-boating to the east, but it would have felt even odder not to have done it. After that, Bale shared the rest of the dried cod, sweet, chewy, and surprisingly unfishy, and Torak pulled clumps of mussels from the rocks. These they ate raw, prizing off a half-shell and using it to scrape out the delicious, rich, slippery orange meat. Then Bale helped finish the elk sausage. Like the rest of his clan, he'd become more relaxed about mixing the forest with the sea, which made things easier for everyone. Still hungry, they decided to make a stew. Torak filled his cooking skin with water from a stream, hung it from sticks beside the fire, and added pebbles which had been heating in the embers. Bale tossed in handfuls of purple sea moss he'd found in a rock pool, and a pile of shell worms he'd dug from the sand, and Torak threw in a bunch of sea kale because he wanted something green to remind him of the forest. As they waited for it to cook, Torak squatted near the fire, scorching the feeling back into his fingers. Bale made a spoon by wedging half a mussel shell in a piece of kelp stem and binding it with seal sinew from his sewing pouch. "'Good fishing to you,' called a voice from the sea, making them jump. It was a cormorant fisherman in a skin-boat, his walrus hide net bulged with herring. And good fishing to you, Bale returned the greeting common among the sea clans. As he paddled into the shallows, the man peered at Torak, taking in the fine black tattoos on his cheeks. Who's your friend from the forest? he asked Bale. Are those tattoos wolf clan? Torak opened his mouth to reply, but Bale got in first. He's my kinsman, Finn Keddin's foster son. He hunts with the ravens. And I'm not wolf clan, said Torak. I'm clanless. His stare told the man to make of that what he would. The man's hand went to the clan creature feathers on his shoulder. I've heard of you. You're the one they cast out. Without thinking, Torak touched his forehead, where his headband concealed the outcast tattoo. Finkedin had altered the tattoo so it no longer meant outcast, but not even the raven leader could alter the memory. The clans took him back, said Bale. So they say, said the man. Well, good fishing then. He spoke only to Bale, giving Torak a doubtful glance before paddling away. Don't mind him, said Bale, after a moment's silence. Torak didn't reply. Here, Bale tossed him the spoon. You left yours in camp, and cheer up. He's a cormorant. What do they know? Torak's lip curled. About as much as a seal? Bale lunged for him, and they wrestled, laughing, rolling over the pebbles, until Torak got Bale in an armlock and made him beg for mercy. They ate in silence, spitting out scraps for rip and wreck. Then Torak lay on his side and roasted, and Bale fed the fire with driftwood. The seal boy didn't notice Rip approaching from behind at a stiff-legged walk. Both ravens were fascinated by Bale's long, fair hair, which he wore threaded with blue slate beads and the tiny bones of capelin. Rip took one of the bones in his powerful bill and tugged. Bale yelped. Rip let go and cowered with half-spread wings an innocent raven unjustly accused. Bale laughed and tossed him a piece of shell worm. Torak smiled. 
It was good to be with Bell again. He was like a brother. Or how Torek imagined a brother would be. They enjoyed the same things, laughed at the same jokes. But they were different. Bell was nearly seventeen summers old, and soon he would find a mate and build his own shelter. As the seals never moved camp, this meant that apart from trading trips to the forest, he would live out his days on the narrow beach of the Bay of Seals. Never to move camp. Even thinking of it made Torak breathless and cramped, and yet to have such certainty. Your whole life unrolling like a well-tanned seal pelt. Sometimes he wondered how that must feel. Bale sensed the change in him and asked if he was missing the forest. Torak shrugged. And Wolf? Always. Wolf had flatly refused to get in a boat.